this uh, series uh, called Own Up, where we've been looking at how important it is to take ownership over our time, ownership over our gifts and our talents, and today we're going to talk about taking ownership over our desires. Now, my son and I, since we got these two horses, Ace and Lula, we've been spending a lot of time training them, and we're training them using exercises like teaching them to, you know, back up if you just wave your finger at them, or yield their hindquarters, which means just kind of move their whole rear end around if you just take a step at them like that, or even yielding their forequarters, just kind of pushing on the air around their head, and they cross their front feet and move in this tight little circle. Now, the purpose of all of these exercises is uh, to ultimately so that they're safer and better horses when we're riding them. But the principle behind it is, in all this training, is to get these horses to move their feet forward, backwards, left, right, side to side, get them to move their feet on our cue. And the reason is, out in nature, out in the herd, out in the pasture, there's always one dominant horse. And it's the horse who can make all the other horses, what, move their feet Go over here when he says so or she says so. Go over there. This lead horse usually stands by the water trough and, and allows which horse to come at any given time. So there's always a lead horse. Well, we want our horses to see us as the lead horse, as the dominant horse. Now, sometimes they're not all that amenable to that. Sometimes they like to push back on that, especially in the beginning. You'll be training them, and the horse will rear up, you know, really big on his hind legs. Or he'll take a, move his face out like he's going to bite at you. Or he'll buck a little bit. And all these things are designed, what they're trying to do is get us to move our feet so that they can be that dominant horse. And that's when it's really important for us to stand our ground. Because otherwise, the tables get turned. And instead of us training them they begin to train us. Well, our desires can be an awful lot like a big pushy horse. What they want to do, our desires, often are trying to push us around and dominate us in our lives. That's what they want to do. And it's up to us to get a hold of them and exercise ownership over those desires so they're not just pushing us around. Now, our desires come from all kinds of places, and oftentimes they're driven by, by desires or instincts that are, we hardly understand. The other day, I was out with my dog, and she saw two gophers across the field, and she, these gophers are going up and down in their holes, you know, and all of a sudden, my dog gets up, and she starts looking like a wolf, you know. She starts going across the field. She's stalking across. And I'm watching her, and I'm not kidding you, drool. She's drooling. There's actually saliva hitting the ground from this, this dog. Now, look, this dog has never eaten a gopher, doesn't know what it tastes like. I don't think this dog would know what to do if she caught that gopher. But it's instinct. And her instinct is driving her desire. Her instinct is driving her desire. Our desires are often driven by things we don't really understand. We're not really conscious of. Sometimes it's instinct. Sometimes it's deeper desires that are there because of instances or experiences 
uh, from our past. But again, the thing is, we need to get a hold of those. Understand, try to understand what's motivating our desires so that we can grab hold of them, take ownership of them. Now, our desires and where they come from can be really kind of murky. Now, I know that many sexual desires People have a desire for sexual experiences. Oftentimes, that's really a manifestation of a deeper desire, a deeper desire for true love, for real acceptance, for affirmation. Sometimes when we have a desire, a deep desire to to work hard, to maybe overwork and to achieve a lot, you know, just kind of become a workaholic, sometimes that's actually a manifestation of a desire to prove something, prove ourselves to somebody. And oftentimes that somebody doesn't even exist on the planet anymore. Sometimes it's our parents, right? Oftentimes people have a deep a desire, a deep desire to, to kind of control other people. Sometimes that's coming out of a deeper desire, a desire for security, whatever it is. And they go on and on and on and on. These desires driven by deeper desires, kind of push us around. And they cause conflict oftentimes in our lives, conflict with other people and conflict within ourselves. This is what James, the brother of Jesus, isn't it always interesting that Jesus had a brother? James, the brother of Jesus, said this about desires. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Now, he's talking about in the church, but it can be anywhere. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? These desires that battle within you. So again, we need to take charge of those desires. Understand what they are. And then Find out what's motivating them and then take the next step. And for Christians, this is, the, this is the vital step. Once we're understanding kind of where our desires are coming from, we then need to focus on one desire, one big desire, one ultimate desire that takes care of pretty much everything else, and that is the desire to let God drive our desires. That desire to let God be the motivator of all of our desires. And it's that desire that we can and we should pursue relentlessly. Now, Jesus had a wonderful story about uh, pursuing a desire relentlessly. He told the story this way. He said that once a guy had a friend who showed up at his house at midnight. He was just on his way somewhere else. He's traveling. He showed up at his house at midnight. Now, the man got up, but he was mortified because he had no food to offer this friend who had come by. Now, in our day, you know, we might say, I don't have any food. The Denny's is down there, and you can wake me up in the morning. But in these days, that's not the way it was. If someone came by any time, it was a massive sign of disrespect not to lay out food for them. And it would actually bring dishonor upon yourself and upon your family not to do that, not to show that hospitality. 
So in Jesus' story, this man comes by at midnight. Guy says, I have no food. He runs next door, and he knocks on the door. He asks his neighbor, he says, please, can you just uh, uh, lend me a little bread? But Jesus said, the man, the neighbor, he didn't want to help. He said, don't bother me. The door is locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. So now you have this man's desire for bread to give to his friend. It's coming into conflict with this man's desire for sleep. And you might think that might just be the end of the story. But listen, this man's honor was at stake. This man's honor was at stake. He was not about to take no for an answer. So in Jesus' story, the man just keeps banging on the door. He just keeps banging on the door relentlessly. He continues to ask and to ask and to ask for this man to open the door and finally give him bread. And of course, he finally does. Jesus says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, your relentless pursuit, He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Listen, God wants to satisfy our desires. God cares about our desires. But God will not satisfy desires that are not rightly ordered. He will not satisfy desires that are bad for us, that are wrong for us, that are not right for us. He will satisfy desires that are within His will for us. So the thing is, we need to get on the right side of of that will, right? When we pray persistently for God to take control, for God to be the motivator, the driver of our desires, He'll answer that prayer. I say to you, ask, Jesus says, and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. That's our desire. When our desire is to have God be the motivator of our desires. But when we find ourselves, when we find ourselves being pushed around by our desires, desires especially that cause conflict, desires that are making life miserable for us or miserable for other people, we need to ask God to come in and order those desires. When we are consumed with desires, desires for things that we keep trying to satisfy but never are sated. Maybe it's a desire for food. It's an overwhelming desire for gambling and an overwhelming desire for pornography, for all kinds of things that begin to push us around, begin to push us around. We need to ask God persistently to take hold of And order those desires. If we ever find ourselves desiring to acquire things and keep building up things and and surround ourselves with things, think about what's underneath that. Maybe that's a need for security. Whatever it is, we need God to reveal that to us and then order those desires. We have that desire for control. But so often it's driven by a deeper desire and just to have some security, some, some, some sort of assurance in our lives. If we have that desire, we need to turn that over. Ask God to rightly order that desire. 
And He will. He'll take care of that desire for us. In fact, God will address the deeper desires. What God really wants to give us, what God really wants to satisfy, is that desire that we all have for love, for true love. That desire for assurance, that desire that we all have for security, even eternal security. God wants to satisfy that desire for self-worth. And God will do that when we ask Him. Psalm 145 says, The Lord is near to all who call on Him. Again, to call on Him relentlessly. Ask Him to be with us. Ask to be in His presence. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth, sincerely. He fulfills the desires of all those who fear Him. Now, in this context, that fear Him means to respect Him, to love Him, above all, to trust Him. When we train those horses, and we want to be the, the dominant one in the herd, it's not just, you know, so we feel good about ourselves. Because that lead horse has a responsibility. It's to that horse that all the other horses look for cues about danger that lurks. It's to that horse that they all look for guidance as to what to do in response to danger. It's that horse that stays awake so the other horses can actually lie down and sleep. You don't see horses lie down that much because they only do it when they know that they're safe. They know they're safe when that lead horse is watching for them. That's what God wants us to think of Him as, the one who's going to watch over us, who's going to be sure. That the desires that we have are not going to be harmful to ourselves or harmful to everyone else. But that our desires are going to be rightly ordered and make us, draw us into being more and more like Him. Like Christ. Who eventually, His thoughts are our thoughts. His desires are our desires. Psalm 37 says, trust in the Lord, <laughs> trust Him, and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Don't you just love that image? Just dwelling in God's pasture, in that place of safety, dwelling with Him. And C.S. Lewis said that if you want to get wet, you have to jump in the water. Did you ever hear that? you want to get wet, you have to jump in the water. He said also, if you want to experience joy and peace and patience, you have to be near to the one or in the one who has those things. That's God. Same goes for our rightly ordered desires. And dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord. What will He do? He will give you the desires of your heart. His thoughts, our thoughts. His desires, our desires. Rightly ordered. Good. Bring us honor. Bring us happiness. And those around us. It isn't always easy, you know, to 
throat our desires, give them up. Call on the Lord to reform us, give us new desires. St. Augustine's famous, you know, for praying. He said he used to pray, pray, pray. Oh, Lord, Lord, make me chaste. But not yet. We need to get to that place where we say, okay, I'm ready. Lord God, make your thoughts my thoughts, your desires my desires. Let me dwell in the land and enjoy that safe pasture. Next week, we're going to finish this up. We're going to be looking at how important it is for us to take ownership over the way that we love. But this week, let's just remember, we all have desires. You know, God made us to be beings that have wants and desires. We're also really complex. It pays to think about what is motivating our desires and then persistently pursue the one going to give us the desires of his heart, the desires of our heart. Amen? All right. Well, let's go ahead.